Welcome back to Get Outside with Kids. On this week's episode, we realized we wanted to talk about something a little bit different, and that's not about necessarily getting outside, but how you get to getting outside. Um, in this case, the logistics and some of the car trips, because of course, a lot of things we talked about on this podcast require a bit of driving. Sometimes it's pretty close, and we talk about things right outside your, you know, your front door, your back door, in your neighborhood, and that's awesome. But sometimes you want to go on an adventure a little bit farther from home, and that could be thirty minutes, a couple of hours, or a full day's drive. And if you're already a parent listening in with kids, you know that those car rides can sometimes be really challenging, really challenging, really long really boring, but like really get you on edge. Cause sometimes the kids are whining, they're screaming, you know, as when I was a kid, I remember being in the car a lot. My parents, we'd, we'd go on big road trips. We'd often be told, you know, we'd go on a three and a half hour road trip pretty, pretty regularly from our house um, to a, another property in our family. And we were like, we never, ever stopped. For example, not ever. It was like, you, <laughs> if you didn't go to the Your parents are awesome. They were just like, no, we don't stop. We, why would we stop? We never get takeaway on the way you just go. Um, so like there's there's certain things about how I grew up in road trips. Like we didn't really have a lot of the things we're going to talk about because cars and car, you know, audio systems were just different. <laughs> so I think the way that it looks um, now, where there's a lot of tools that can make that we have both found, Jen and I have both found and our families have found can make car trips a lot easier to, to deal with. And we've managed to do some much longer trips uh, as a result. Okay. But let's, let's just double back on Kate's family car trips with their family. Cause I think you told me once, or maybe your mom was telling us that like back in the day, they didn't just have car seats, right? They have car seats now and your kids probably in car seats till the 12. And didn't she say she took you on a road trip as a newborn and you were just in her bassinet at the feet of her car? Cause that, that was what she did. Yeah. I think that was just normal in the eighties. So yeah, my parents drove from Melbourne on one side of Australia to Perth and the other side, like a couple of days worth of driving across desert. And I was just essentially, it's like a box on the ground. Um, that's what a bassinet it is. There's not much more to it. But also, Jen, I was only like five or six weeks old. What was I going to do? Now I think I about it, I'm like, yeah, well, a six-week-old baby can't move. So, But I mean, how adorable is that? It would have made trips easier. I mean, you know, now if you imagine going on a road trip like that with a newborn in the back, you got to stop every two hours to nurse and change diapers and they get fussy. But if you could just be bouncing your kids along <laughs> in the car with you, I mean, you probably wouldn't have to stop for takeout because you just, you're right there in the car with them. So uh, I mean, we don't advise doing that. This, no, this is this is not an endorsement of having a kid's unrestrained in the car. We now know better, so we could do better. Also, road trips in Australia can just be really different because there's often nowhere to stop. So it's like, you know, here you drive past it, you know, takeout restaurant after takeout restaurant after stop after town and whatever. Often in Australia when you're driving, you're like, well, that's it for, you know, the next three hours. So there's no like, oh, we'll just stop into the McDonald's. We'll see in, you know, 10 minutes, nothing like that. So it's a different kind of game. Anyway, we're, <laughs> we're Back talking. On track. Back on track. <laughs> there are lots of things we could talk about that make car trips worse. <laughs> like, you know, nowhere to stop, nowhere to restrain a kid. But what we're trying to talk about is how to make them better so that you can get to your outdoor adventures. You know, in a lot of cases, particularly for trips away where maybe you're going camping for a weekend or you're going to somewhere where you can do lots of outdoor activities. It's just a kind of a necessary part in a lot of places and a lot of parts of the world of getting outside with kids is incorporating driving. I think probably the easiest thing to, to make road trips go faster is something that many parents will be familiar with is timing car trips with naps. If your kids are still in a napping phase, <laughs> I wish my kids were, if your kids are still in a napping phase or if they're a newborn, even better because they might sleep really well. 
I mean, obviously this comes with a caveat that many kids actually hate the car. Um, and some parents that we know, for example, Jen, are like my kid just every time I got in started screaming in the car. So it doesn't always work. But if it does, and if your kid can take like multiple hours of worth of naps in the car, there's nothing better as a parent. If it happens with two kids oh where they gosh. both fall the asleep dream. in the car, you've timed the it perfectly. Dream. It's like 10 minutes before regular nap time at home. You get in the car, everyone looks out the window for a bit, and then you see those heavy eyes starting to fall in the back and two kids maybe passed out in the back. You sit in the front and have a conversation. It's, I, I don't know, I think that's the absolute best case scenario for a road trip. Yeah, and, and sometimes to kind of go on that nap theme too, when we've had long days of driving, we have really pushed it. And after bedtime, both kids fall asleep and it's kind of amazing. Like post seven, eight o'clock, we can just drive all night. That being said, the transfer on the other side, that's obviously a risk. Um, and we typically only do that on the home stretch. We're typically not doing that kind of a push to the destination, but sometimes coming back from a long day's journey, we kind of end up staying for the day because we're like, look, we either restrain them in the car and they might be upset or we push it back a little bit later. We put them in their pajamas as we've often done. Um, and then by the time we get home, they're both asleep and we transfer them right to bed. And we've had a lot of success doing that on the way back from trips and you're kind of transferring to your, you know, the kid's own bed, which makes it a little bit easier. Um, so yeah, sleep, anything you can do with sleep with kids, number one success rule. I've also had the opposite of that though, Jen, where I put the kid in the, into the car at 7, 7.30. It was like, it's bedtime. And yeah, she fell asleep for an hour of a three and a half hour drive. And then for the next two and a half hours from like 8.30 till 10, whatever, or 8.30 to 10.30, she just screamed a little head off. So oh, no. it, that's why it's so sweet when it works. That <laughs> anyway. So- napping if you can. Now, one thing, I mean, I think this is probably obvious. Now, one, make sure obviously everyone goes to the bathroom before you leave, but most importantly yourself, because the worst case scenario is your kids finally fall asleep. And then you, one of the adults have to stop the car because you have to go to the bathroom and you risk waking those little sweet sleeping angels up in the back. Um, you know, if you're a woman listening in, when I got to pee, I got to pee. You know, there's not a lot of like, there's not a lot of margin here. Um, so I'm always peeing like every stop or every, you know, before we go somewhere to make sure that I'm not the reason that we're stopping the car. So definitely make sure you take care of your own needs before you go on that long journey as well. Yeah. Th there's no way I would stop the car with sleeping kids in it for my needs. Absolutely not. So <laughs> I would just be like, I'll tough it out. It's two hours. I'll just hold on. Oh my gosh. It's a horrible I don't think thought. I could do it. It's a horrible thought. Also, shout out to, um, you know, if, if you need to stop the car and you can't hold for that long, maybe you need to see the pelvic floor physio. Anyone who hasn't seen a pelvic floor physio after giving birth, they are awesome. Um, I think one of the important things is really knowing how your kids react in the car. Um, Jen and I were talking with another friend recently and it kind of came up that like the ways that we all deal with car trips are really different because one of my kids gets car sick. And so the strategies that I use actually look really different to what Jen uses. <laughs> if you have a kid who gets car sick, you've probably figured that out at some point. You know, I think our kid first started experiencing that around the age of two, maybe. And we realized that games and coloring and books are just not, not the right thing for her. We also realized that like any kind of liquids before we get in the car, not <laughs> good, not good either. So the kinds of things that we rely on, we use a lot of audio things. So we have a lot of songs at the moment, the, one of the songs from the 
Paw Patrol movie is on repeat in our car. It's oh, on repeat. Yeah, our kids can listen times. to it 20, 30, 40. How, like, I don't know what the limit is. They'll keep listening to it and they'll keep singing to it. But then we also use a lot of stories as well. There's a podcast we like to listen to called Storytime, um, which is great. There's heaps and heaps of stories on there. So we'll typically, if we're going out of service, download like a dozen. And my kids, luckily, again, also like to listen to the same ones again and again and again. And again. <laughs> so, um, as long as you've got it downloaded before you go out of service, then that can, you know, the stories are sort of 10 to 20 minutes long. And if you back up a couple of those, line them up um, right after each other, then that kills the time a lot. And they really enjoy listening to that. Um, so, yeah, those are those are the two main things that I use to entertain my kids in the car. If they could look down and play with something, I think it would be really different. How, how do your kids do with that, Jim? Yeah. So on the opposite side, my kids like knock on wood right now. Don't get oh car sick. Knock on oh, my wood. gosh. I don't want to wish it on anyone. And so we do actually bring some toys for them. So both of them now are at an age where they can color a little bit in the car. So that feels like it's been a little bit game changing. Uh, the key to coloring, though, is you have to give them like four crayons because we have found if I give them a bag of crayons, obviously what happens after about 12 seconds is the entire bag of crayons is dumped on the floor. And now I'm trying to like awkwardly reach behind me as the passenger in the front and try and pick them up. So I try and I try and give them like two or three crayons a piece. And they the older one has um, cup holders now like on the side of his uh, car seat. So at least he can put the crayons there, which makes it a little bit easier. So less is more when it comes to coloring, but that has been really game changing. And then we have a couple of other, I kind of call them car toys. Typically what I let the boys do is pick out one special toy for the car. And I'm like, okay, we're going to go for a car ride. Let's pick out our one special toy for the car. And so we try and pick out something quote unquote special. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, And then we bring coloring stickers is also a good one as well, depending on where your child is with, um, like using stickers or how comfortable they are with that. You mean, cause they might eat them. They might eat them or just sometimes the markers are still rolling around. They're falling off. Like our youngest is, he can't, he can color a little bit in the car, but he definitely drops the markers and crayons are on the floor pretty quickly. Um, stickers are a little bit easier. Like you can hold the pack of stickers and just kind of stick there. Now, know when you give your unattended toddler in the back stickers, the stickers will be all over everything. They will be all over the car seat. They'll be all over their face. They'll be plastered to the inside of your car. But again, I have to do the, the calculation trade-off of like, is this worth it for quiet time in the car? Yes. Frankly, in my mind, almost anything is worth it for quiet time in the car. So I don't really mind a little bit of sticker um, sticker cleanup kind of thing. So that one I like. Um, and then to Kate's point, we try and do some, I guess we call it like audio stuff too. Our oldest kid right now is about five and a half and he can know, you know, he knows most of his numbers. And so we started playing what we call like the number game. And once you start actually looking for numbers on the road, you realize if you're on a highway, they're everywhere between, you know, exit signs and speed limit signs. And so we start having him call out the numbers as a way to practice his number. And he's like, that one says 90. That one says 134. That one says 75. Just as kind of a fun game. Again, you're basically killing time, but it feels like it's a little bit educational as well. And just kind of something to keep your eyes on the road. Um, Obviously, if your kid doesn't know their numbers yet, even things like look for a blue car or look for a yellow sign, like just some arbitrary stuff on the side of the road. I feel like we play that game a lot quite a bit too. Yeah, we've definitely done the yellow sign one. There are a lot of yellow signs. There are a lot of yellow signs. And they're like marking like, don't go off the edge of the cliff here, which in BC, actually, there's quite a few roads like this. Um, So that's something we have to use sometimes when our kid needs to look, we want her to look out so she doesn't get car sick. Now, one other tip that we've kind of, I guess, kind of noticed as adults. So pre-kids, my husband and I, we we did a lot of road trips, a lot of driving. And often on that home stretch, you know, you're kind of hungry, you're kind of groggy, but we would just push 
through. Like as adults, you'd be like, no, we got food at home. We got stuff at home. We would just push through. Now, now we know we cannot make that mistake. We have done this before on road trips early on with the kids. And by the time you get home now, you as parents are super irritable. You're tired, you're hungry. But the reality is you're like an hour from eating because you've got two kids in the car and they're tired and hungry too. And you've got to unload stuff. And maybe you don't have groceries in the house. And now you're really irritable and you're, you know, you're rushing to try and put the kids to bed. So I think what we've gotten much better at as adults in the car and my husband, especially like as soon as we get to that kind of tire kind of grouchy stage, my husband's like, nope, we're pulling over and getting a coffee immediately because it's better to get the coffee early on in the trip. So by the time you get home or to your destination, you know, on the other side, you as the adult actually feel recharged. And if you time this right, and this happened like few, I can probably count on one hand where my husband and I have actually gotten a coffee maybe a snack. And then the kids fell asleep like five minutes after. And then we were in the car quietly with a coffee and a donut it was glorious. It's the that small things so as parents, good. right? It's the, and you know, it's, this, it's those small moments in time where you're like, <laughs> we sat there and we're like, oh my gosh, it's almost like an adult road trip right now. We could put on our music, obviously quietly. This is as good as oh, it gets. This is it. This is it. <laughs> this is it, guys. You know, if you're listening, you know. If, if that happens to us, which is very rare now because our kids are older and they don't fall asleep as easily in the car. If that does happen though, my husband and I often would continue listening to the songs or the the story or whatever. And after a little while, you're like, why are we listening to Rafi? Like, <laughs> Baby I mean, Beluga is a great, great song. <laughs> Baby Beluga is an amazing song. But on repeat 24-7 when there's no children listening, it's not necessary. So sometimes it takes us a while to adjust to that and turn it off. I think thinking about that grouchiness and the, the hanger that happens in the car as well, the snack game, your snack game just has to be on. My kids, when they're in the car, can eat like 12 times as much as they would, you know, if they were just playing at home. Um, so making sure you've got snacks that are like not wet snacks, <laughs> not like – you know, like I took some melon in the car the other day. I don't know what I was oh, thinking. Oh, no melon. And like yeah, it's not passed a it back to them and they're sticky hands. And then they'll go, oh. and they're wiping them in their car seat. I was like, what have I done? The, ba- the balance of that though, is if you provide like really dry, salty food, then they're like, I'm thirsty. And like, we have to limit the amount of liquid that our kids have in the car so that they don't feel unwell. So like, there's a balance there between like the super salty food that makes them, that's dry and like easy to, you know, vacuum up afterwards versus the kind of wet things that make a horrible mess. We've kind of found sandwiches work well, but. <laughs> you know, we still use squishies. Like my oldest is five and a half. And on a car trip, like I don't like to get squishies, you know, squishies. Some people call them pouches. Pouches. Or like, okay. Yeah. Pouches, like pureed pouches, food and a little pureed. pouch. Yeah. <laughs> we my kids still love those. And for car rides, they're great. Because to Kate point, like for fruit in the car, we can do like apples or maybe blueberries or grapes cut up, although that could get wet if I'm cutting up the grapes too. So squishies is nice for like it's wet, but it's contained in a pouch and it's something um nutritious. Um and yeah, same thing. Snack game has to be high level snack game. I was explaining my food sorting technique to Kate right before we started recording this. And so if we're going away for like a longer, you know, away for a weekend kind of thing, we typically have three, three large bags of food. And so the first bag of food is like the food you cook. So stuff that you wouldn't eat in the car, like pasta sauce, that one can go in the trunk. I don't care where that one is. The second one is your full bags of snacks, like full bags of chips or cookies or lots of apples, things like that. 
That one goes in the car for emergency rations. But then I have an entire third bag. And this one's the snack bag at my feet if I am the non-driver, if I'm the passenger. And this is where I have all the things like cut up apples and goldfish crackers, but partitioned already into Tupperware containers. Um, And the variety here is really key because like Kate said, you don't just want all crackers and chips and things like that. You kind of need, like I typically look for like five different snacks, a peanut butter sandwich, fruit, squishies, goldfish crackers, a granola bar, at least three other things actually. That wouldn't even be enough. (laughs) I mean, Kate's laughing because our kids are like the same. Like, I don't know what happens in the car. It's like the time twilight zone of starvation in the car. Yeah. It's like they've never been fed before. Not ever. Yeah. I think what I have to remember as well is to bring snacks and food for me and my partner. Actually, the other day, Jen, we were going out on a camping trip. We were driving out and I said to my partner, Vince, I was like, hey, I don't want to stop and buy takeout again. I'm just going to make some really good sandwiches for us all. So I made six, like I had bread rolls, like those cheesy covered bread rolls filled with all these good things, six of them for our family of four. And we get in the car and I was like, well, we're going to be driving from like 3.45 till probably 6.30. Like it's quite a drive to where we're going or 6.45. Um, so we'll have dinner on the way. Get in the car at 3.45, four o'clock, there's already a request for dinner. But it wasn't from the kids. It was from Vince. He's like, I'm hungry. And he's got <laughs> looking at me with these puppy dog eyes. I'm hungry. And I was like, oh, but you know, the kids are listening. And as soon as somebody, as soon as a kid hears somebody say, yeah. I'm hungry, it's all over, right? And they're like, I'm hungry too. I've never eaten in my life. So I was staring back at him like, no, no, we're not, we're not eating dinner yet. It's four o'clock. And he was like, but I'm really hungry. So anyway, needless to say, we had dinner at like 10 past four, I think. Um, we ate our sandwiches and uh, I had to bring like, I think he had, you know, a, quite a lot of them because he was really hungry. I've got to remember that like as adults, we have to eat too. And when I tell him he can't have it because it's for the kids, it doesn't go down well. <laughs> I'm the worst. I'm the worst at doing that for myself too. And often now my husband will be like, Jen, did you pack snacks for you? Because he knows I get so hangry in the car because oftentimes I'm like, I could could eat goldfish crackers, but I don't really want to. And so then you put off eating as an adult or as a parent because you think, oh, I'll wait till takeout or oh, I'll wait till dinner or I'll wait till we get to our destination. And by the time you get there, you're starving. And so same thing like Kayla, like I often pack myself something I want to eat, even if it's just, whether it's the same as everybody else or sometimes something just for me where I'm like, I actually made this really nice salad for me and only me and I'm going to eat it in the car um, and no one wants my salad. So it's great. No, um, but things no, no, like no, that, no. it's like taking care if I am happier in the car, your kids are going to be happier in the car, right? So I have to remember that too, that like you got to, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first. (laughs) Yeah. And if you're pregnant, like bring two oxygen masks for yourself. Like- Yeah, at least. That hanger is like next level. These are the ways that we survive going on road trips with our kids. You know, we try and put on things to that they can listen to that hopefully keep them entertained, like songs and, and stories and these kind of things. If your kids can look down in the car and they can color and they can play, that's another great way to occupy their time. Um, also getting them to look out the window, doing playing I Spy, looking for numbers. Um, and then hopefully what we wish for all of you listening in is that you have a smooth ride to where you're going, that you get there faster than you thought possible that your kids nap on the way and that then, you know, the journey's not really about this journey because nobody really gets super pumped about car rides with kids. It's about where you're going in these cases and hopefully you can get to your destination quickly and uh, have a great outdoor adventure there. And when in doubt, 
plan more stops. You know, I think it's also a good reminder that if you have the time to stop and that you can build in those stops. And I think we could probably do a whole other episode on car stops and what to look for. Um, but we'll kind of, uh, we'll talk about that more in an upcoming episode. So we wish you all, if you're listening to this in the summer, a speedy and safe journey to wherever you're going. We'll put a few of our favorite tips that we share today in our show notes. And of course, we share more tips daily over on Instagram. So make sure you're following us there on Get Outside With Kids. And we'll see you back next week for another episode.